If you would, take your Bibles this morning, open the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter number 3, Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, Lord willing, Lord willing, and uh, hopefully, prayerfully, fingers crossed, I don't know what else you can do, but... Um, Lord willing, next week, our services, Sunday services, will be in the auditorium. Amen. That'd be great uh, to be over there. Praise the Lord. That'd be great. And so they're supposed to, get, they're supposed to finish getting the carpet uh, put in this week. And so, Lord willing, uh, Sunday, we'll have our services over there and uh, excited about that. So um, it'll, be, it'll be great. And uh, now, if we come to next Sunday and those doors are closed and these doors are open and all the chairs are still in here... Don't be like, I quit. I'm just going home, you know. Uh, no, don't do that, right? Um, but just pray that everything works out. And uh, uh, they said there shouldn't be any problem with getting everything done this week. So uh, looking forward to that. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 3, we'll begin reading in verse number 14. Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Father, we do ask that you would just bless now as we open your word. Thank you for the beautiful singing and just the message of the songs we've heard this morning. Lord, I pray that it's prepared our hearts to to hear from you through your word. God, I pray that you would just speak. And Lord, that uh, our hearts would, uh, and our minds would be attentive to what you'd have for us this morning. Lord, that we would act upon it, not just listen and go away the same, but Lord, we would act upon what you speak to our hearts about today. And so, Father, we ask you just work in the service now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as we've been going through the book of Ephesians, of course, our theme this year is taken from Ephesians in chapter 6, in verse number 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And uh, as we come here to this passage of Scripture, I want you to notice here that we find Paul on his knees in prayer for the believers. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So at this point, Paul is saying, he says, I'm praying for you, as he's writing to these believers in Ephesus. And now, one thing I also notice that uh, in verse number 15, notice he says, Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named... Talk about the family of God. Aren't you glad to be part of the family of God? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, it's not just a, a small family that you're a part of. You're a part of a big family. In fact, he says this family includes those that are in heaven and in earth. But I want you to notice something, though. The family is not all together. But one day it's going to be. One day there's going to be a family reunion like you have never dreamed of. When the family of God, both that is in heaven and in earth, are all together, 
rejoicing and praising God. Man, what a day that's going to be. Amen? That's not what the message is about this morning, though. I know that was exciting, right? That isn't going to be an exciting day. But here we find the second prayer that Paul has for believers. The first prayer we found was back in chapter 1, and we're not going to take time to read all of it, but you can go back and you can read chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. But in the first prayer, Paul says the, he's praying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, he says that ye may know. And so as Paul in that first prayer, he's praying that we would be able to see and know with spiritual eyes. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, being able to see things spiritually, see things the way God wants us to see things. But then we come to this second prayer, the second prayer of Paul. And we'll find here that this prayer is not that you might know, but this prayer is that you might be. There's something that he desires for us to be in this prayer. And please get this this morning. If you don't get anything else, please get this this morning. Before we can be what God wants us to be, we have to see the way God wants us to see. Please get that this morning. If we want to be what God wants us to be, we have to see the way God wants us to see. And I believe here's the, one of the, the reasons why so many Christians are so discouraged and so many Christians are, are, are miserable in their Christian life. They don't feel like their, their life has purpose. They don't feel like their life has meaning is because they're not seeing the way God wants them to see and therefore they're not able to be what God wants them to be. And this is why Paul begins his first prayer about seeing the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that we would see with spiritual eyes the things that God has. So that now, as he begins the second prayer, we can be what it is that God wants us to be. If we aren't willing to see spiritually, then we'll never be what he has for us. And this is amazing when you look at this passage, as I began to look at it, and um, Those of you that know me, you'll probably laugh and just say, well, that's just typical. But as I began reading it, I was like, there's just no way we can get through all of this in one message. (laughs) So we're going to take a couple messages to get through this, right? We're not in any hurry. At least I'm not. I don't know if you are, right? I'm, I'm not in any hurry. But think about what he says. He says in verse number 16 that he, talking about God, would grant you something. He says, God wants to grant, God wants to, to give you something. And he's wanting to give us this, again, so that we can be what he wants us to be. And, and just kind of in a nutshell, if we could take all of this and just break it down, he says that he, he's granting these things to us to be strengthened with might, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye might be able to comprehend the breadth and length and depth and height, that ye may know the love of Christ, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, when you just think of those things that he says he's, he's granting you these things, he's, he's giving us these things. And when we just think of the, the, all that he says he wants us to give, again, there's just no way to, to cover all of those things in just one message. But I want you to notice what he says in verse 16, that he would grant you 
according to the riches of his glory. Do you understand? He says, we are granted these things according to the riches of his glory. All these things that he has for us, that he's about ready to explain. He says, he is, God wants to, uh, us to have these things. And he says, according to the riches of his glory. Now, I think that's a very interesting phrase that, that Paul uses here. He doesn't say out of the riches of his glory. He says, according to the riches of his glory. What God is offering to us is not something that he cannot give. What he's offering, he is able to give, and he alone is able to give. And if he's offering it, then he is able to perform it. He's able to do it. When we think about this phrase, according to the riches of his glory, in a book that uh, a man, uh, uh, old uh, preacher, by the name of uh, Dr. H.A. Ironside wrote, it's called In the Heavenlies. He described the meaning of the word according in this way. I thought it was very fascinating. He says, it does not say out of his riches, but according to his riches. And then he goes on to give an illustration. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase the illustration because I didn't want to take time to read it all. But if if you were to go to a, a millionaire on behalf of some worthy cause that you were raising money for, And after listening to you and pleading for for help, he takes out his wallet and hands you a $10 bill. And you know this guy is million. He's a millionaire. He has multi-millions of dollars. But he hands you a $10 bill when maybe you were hoping for $1,000 or $2,000. He has given you out of his riches. But if after listening to you give to your spiel on whatever this cause is that you're trying to do, and this millionaire gives you a book of signed checks and says, fill in whatever you need, he is given according to his riches. Because here's, here's the thing. In other words, he's not worried that it's ever going to run out. He's not worried that whatever he's offering, when, when you come and say, hey, this is what I need, and he gives you those blank signed checks, he's not worried that whatever you write in there, it's, gonna, it's not going to worry him. Because he knows that he has, he has enough that will, even, even if you could write the greatest amount, it's still going to be covered. And you're saying, this is what he's saying. God wants to give us these things according to his riches. When God says this, even if every Christian were to use these things to their fullest potential, God's not worried about it running out. God's not worried about it running out. I love what he says in, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, again, we understand this is not just for anybody. There's a specific, uh, a specific requirement that here he says that, but he says, look, hey, God's not worried about his riches ever running out. God's not worried about ever uh, running out of anything. So when God says he wants to grant you these things according to the riches of his glory, not only does he mean it, but he's got plenty for each of us. You say, well, preacher, 
I checked my bank account this week, and believe me, there aren't any riches there. Again, his first prayer is to see the way God sees. We're not talking physical. We're not talking money. We're talking spiritual. This was the problem of the religious leaders during Jesus' day. They were always looking at the physical instead of the spiritual. They were looking for the physical kingdom. And and even when Jesus even would would perform miracles and try to help people in in their time of need and even to help come to know God, they, they they were turned off by that because they were not seeing the way God wanted them to see. Even though they were religious, even though they were supposed to be the religious leaders of the day, they were simply seeing with physical eyes. And that's why even when you go and you find, uh, instead of teaching the commandments of God and what God wanted, they started just teaching their own commandments. They were more concerned about what they wanted people to do instead of what God wanted people to do. They were just seeing with physical eyes instead of spiritual. So what does he say that God grants to us? Well, again, there's many things that he says here. We're not going to be able to look at all of them this morning. In fact, this morning we're only going to look at one. But I want you to notice how powerful this one is. In verse number 16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now watch. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with with might by his spirit in the inner man. The first thing that Paul identifies to us that God wants to give to us is strength. Again, our theme this year is taken from Ephesians chapter 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And God says here, Paul is writing, he says, God wants to, to give you this strength. I wonder, and you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but I wonder how many of us would really admit we need strength. We need strength. Maybe just life has got you down. Maybe there's family problems. Maybe there's job problems. Maybe there's financial problems. Maybe there's home problems, whatever it might be. We just say, man, it just seems like life is always trying to beat us down. And I just could use some extra strength. I could use some extra strength. You understand? He says that's what God wants to give you. God wants to give you this strength. He says to be strengthened. He says this this is what he's trying to give us. He says says that God would grant us these things according to the riches of his glory. Now let me ask you something. When you think of God's strength, Has there ever been a time when God has been concerned that his strength is going to run out? Has there ever been a time when God's concerned that, man, he's just been pouring out his strength and pouring out his strength, and God's like, I'm just starting to get a little bit tired here? I don't think so. There's never been one time when God has been giving out his strength, and he's like, I just don't know if I can give out any more. Now, we've all experienced that, right? Maybe maybe you've you've ever... uh, 
run in a race or done a 5K or maybe you've done something uh, strenuous like uh, have to get up from the chair and go over to turn the TV on or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're like just, you know, whatever it might be, you know, it's like, man, I just, oh, I'm just starting to get tired. I just, I just can't. I just don't know if I can make it another step. Just don't know if I can make it another step. Right? And we start getting tired. Like, boy, I could, you know, they, they come up with all kinds of stuff for, for energy now, right? Red Bull and these five-hour energy drinks, and they got all kinds of stuff, right? This is going to give you... The only problem is all that, that stuff always wears off, doesn't it? It's never permanent. Eventually, it wears off. Can you imagine being strengthened with strength that never runs out? Being strengthened with strength that we don't ever have to worry about it wearing off. Because this strength is not a physical strength. This is a spiritual strength that is God wanting to give to us. So watch what he says about this. Notice, first of all, what we need. (laughs) We've already really talked about it, but what greater need do we have as Christians than to be made strong, but with a power not of self? We're not talking about a self-power. We're not talking about a self-strength or a self-motivation or, you know, just pumping ourselves up and saying, I can do this. No, no, no. This is a greater strength. How often do we feel like we have failed? Failed God. Maybe in our Christian walk, we feel like we have failed. We feel like we're going backwards instead of forwards. We feel like every time that we feel like God's working in our life and we try to step out by faith, something happens and maybe our faith wasn't as strong as what we thought it was or maybe something gets in there and starts uh, messing it up and, and we start saying, well, maybe I just can't trust God. And instead of stepping out by faith, we start retreating and going backwards. You see, what we need is strength. And it's only when we come to the end of ourselves and recognize that we need his strength to move forward, that God can begin to work. For so many Christians, the reason why, again, if we're not going to see the way God wants us to see, it's going to be very hard to be what God wants us to be. And the reason why we're not able to move forward for God is because we're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to do it on our own power. Hey, we've been in church enough. We've heard enough messages. We've read enough Bible. We know enough scripture. You know, we've sung enough songs. We understand how it all works, right? We've been in it enough. And so, you know, I'll just do it. And we just jump in thinking that, hey, I've got it all figured out. And we try it. And what do we find happening? We get discouraged again. And we end up getting tired and we want to quit. Why? Because we're doing it at our own strength. And this is why he says God wants to grant you this strength according to his riches. Not only do we need his strength to do his work, but to be steadfast and faithful in his work. Hey, can I tell you, it doesn't matter what God calls you to do. You better make sure that that strength is coming from him. Because here's what's going to happen. As you begin to do that work, guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to try to get you discouraged. The devil's going to try to get you to stop. Friends and family are going to try to get you discouraged. And friends and family are going to try to get you to stop. Are we going to be faithful? Are we going to be steadfast? Are we going to keep moving forward? Or are we going to quit? There's a reason why I believe Paul begins with this strength. 
because he understands that we need strength to not just do what God has called us to do, but to be steadfast in it, to be faithful in it. What did he just say in verse number 13? Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you. Paul was doing the work of God, and no doubt Paul was doing it in the strength of God. I mean, as Paul was going out and preaching, man, he saw uh, in Philippi people got saved, and in Ephesus people got saved, and Thyatira people got saved, and Athens people got saved, and Corinth people got saved. Man, he saw God doing a great work, and and he had the, the strength of God. God was strengthening him to do it. But along with the work also came tribulation. Along with doing what God wanted him to do, there were trials and difficulties that were coming along. Remember, where is Paul when he's writing this book? He's in jail. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think that maybe maybe Paul understood that he needed strength to stay steadfast? You think Paul understood maybe, hey, not only do I need the strength for the work of God, but I need the strength to stay steadfast because I know that there are trials and tribulations that are going to come. I mentioned before, it'd be interesting to count how many jails Paul had been in. Oh, you don't understand, Paul. You know, I was in the Philippian jail. Paul's like, yep, so was I. Well, you don't understand. Well, I was in jail in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in uh, Thessalonica. Yep, so was I. Well, you don't understand, Paul. I was in jail in Rome. Yeah, I was there a couple times. Paul understood not just do we need his strength to do his work, but we need his strength to be steadfast because, let's face it, every single one of us, if we've been trying to do the work of God, every single one of us have faced discouragement at some time. Every single one of us, there's been someone, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker, maybe somebody that, that we don't really even know that has tried to discourage us from doing the work of God. It's not an enemy necessarily, somebody that maybe is close to us, discouraging us. And what do we begin to think? Well, maybe, maybe I should listen to them. Maybe serving God isn't all what it's cracked up to be. And Paul says, hey, let me tell you something. You need God's strength. You need to be strengthened with God's strength to be able to do the work and to be faithful and maintain and be steadfast and keep going no matter what comes in your life just to continue moving forward for Christ. He knew that these believers too would no doubt one day have tribulations and persecutions for standing for Christ. And he says, I'm praying not only that you would see the way God wants you to see, but be what God wants you to be. Because it's going to come. And you're going to need, you're going to need that strength. But how do we get this strength? He talks about the need of this strength. He says that, that, um, He says to be strengthened with might. So he he talks about this strength that we need. But notice how we receive the strength. He says, by his spirit. So how do we get this strength? Well, Paul says it's only by the spirit of God that we're able to receive this spirit. This is not a physical strength. It's not a physical strength that we need to keep moving forward for Christ or to do the work of Christ. It is spiritual. The Holy Spirit that now lives in us and quickened us with life lives within us to give us strength 
He said back in, in chapter 2, at the beginning of verse, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. He says, before we, before we met Christ, before we had that personal relationship with Jesus, he said, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were lost. We were on our way to a devil's hell because of our sin. And friend, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're here today and you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says spiritually you are dead. Oh, physically you're alive. Physically you're here this morning. But you're dead spiritually. But the wonderful news is that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins so that you could be spiritually made alive. So you could have eternal life through Jesus Christ if we'll just put our faith in Him and Him alone. We'd love to take the Word of God and show you how you can be saved if you're not sure. But notice as, that, as the Spirit quickens us with life, He also is there living within us to give us strength. That's why even Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He says the Holy Spirit is there not just to quicken you and make you have life, but He's there to strengthen you. He's there to give you the power, the strength that you need to be able to live for Him, to be what He wants you to be. Because you cannot do it in your own strength. It is not a physical strength. Well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to grit it out. I'm just going to go. You know, I'm going to be at church and, and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm just going to do these things. And, it, and again, just as we talked about last week, do we look at serving God as a privilege or do we look at it as a duty? Just something I have to do. And so many times that's how Christians are going through it. Just as a duty. This is what I have to do. I'm just going to do it. Oh, but there's no strength there. There's no strength that the Holy Spirit is giving because we're not really doing it for the right reason. He says, I'm praying that, that you would receive this strength, that God would grant you this strength according to his riches. This, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and this is why we must go to him daily for strength. We must go to him daily and say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. Man, going to work, God, I know, hey, at work, I, I know the reason why I'm there is to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. That's why you've put me there at this work, whether it's at a hospital or whether it's landscaping or whether it's in a factory or wh whatever it might be. God, I know you've put me here for a reason to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. But man, God, I need your strength. I need your strength because some of those people that I work with, they just don't know you. And they're not the nicest people to be around. And sometimes, God, I want to get in my flesh with them. But, God, I know if I do, that's not going to show them the love of Christ. So, God, I need your strength today. I need your strength. Man, you might, you might have to do that daily. You might, hey, you know what? Maybe around family members that you know that aren't saved. God, I need your strength. Just to, to live day by day to say, God, I need your strength today. Man, wherever it might be, if I'm just going to the grocery store, if I'm, I'm going to get gas in my car, God, I need your strength today. Why? Because you never know what's going to happen at that time. It might be the time that the Holy Spirit says, hey, you see that person that's right behind you in the grocery line? You see that person that's right across from you giving, putting gas in their car? Why don't you tell them about me? <laughs> well, I didn't come out here to do that, Lord. I just came out to get groceries. I just came out to put gas in my car. I, know, I didn't come out to serve you at this point. Wait a minute. As a Christian, when are we not to be serving? Again, 
if I will see the way God wants me to see with spiritual eyes, then I'm able to be what God wants me to be. And being a Christian is not just on Sundays and Wednesdays. Being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus Christ is 24-7. It doesn't matter if it's at your home. It doesn't matter if it's at your work or if you're just pumping gas or in the grocery line. Being a Christian is what God wants us to be and to show the love of Christ. And in order to do that, we need his strength. We cannot do it on our own. We need this strength. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit. But notice where we find this strength. We need it. We need strength. We get it from the spirit. But where do we find it? He says, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. Now, please do not misunderstand what I'm about to say. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to promote a, you can do it. You know, just dig down deep inside and just go through it. You can, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. But notice he says, we are to be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man. Where does this strength come from? It is from the inner man. Now, why does he say this? Because if we understand the way God created us, we understand that we we have three parts. There are three parts to us. There's a spirit, there's a soul, and there's a body. The body is simply what we see on the outside. The body is simply a shell, right? The body is just simply the shell that is seen that the spirit and the soul live in. It's just the shell. That's what we can see, right? But the soul is our, is our mind, it's our will, it's our intellect. It's, it's kind of like, really, if we could say who we are. But then the spirit, the spirit is what is that inner man, as the Bible speaks of, the inner man. And God gave us a spirit, or what some people refer to as the heart of man, that God would be able to work through our spirit to be able to control our soul so that our body is following the soul and the spirit. As God works through our soul and as we are, excuse me, through our spirit and we yield to the spirit of God and we're going to God daily saying, God, I need your strength. God, I can't do that. What's happening? Our soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, we're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the image of his son, our thoughts. We want our thoughts to be about what Jesus wants. We want our words to be about what Jesus wants. We want our actions to be about what Jesus wants. And so our our soul, our mind, our will, our intellect is being conformed to his image through the spirit. And then, of course, the body is simply what we see on the outside. What we see on the outside is simply a reflection of the inner man. And so God says, I want you to be strengthened by his spirit, not in the body, not in the soul, but in the inner man, the spirit. Because if we will see the way God wants us to see and understand this is, this is spiritual, This is something that if I can understand the way God wants me to see that, hey, there is a lost and dying world around me. And the reason that I am here is to be a witness for Jesus Christ so that others can come to know him. I'm not just here for the physical flesh. I'm not just here for the fun of this world. I'm not just here to do whatever I want to do. I'm not even here to think the way I want to think and to think the way the world tells me to think. No, no, I am here to allow God's spirit to work through me so that I can think the way God wants me to think. 
and I will speak the way God wants me to speak, and I will act the way God wants me to act, so that in the body they will see Jesus Christ, not me. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so Paul is saying, I'm praying, this is, this is what I'm praying, that you would be what God wants you to be, and you need to be strengthened by his might in the inner man to be strengthened by his might in the inner man. It's not an outside strength. It is a strength that he gives inside that enables us to live the life that he wants us to live on the outside. Think with me about what Paul says. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians with me. In 2 Corinthians, Second Corinthians, notice in chapter 4, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, notice what he says in verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, that's the body, yet the inward man is re- renewed day by day. Well, how is the inward man able to be renewed? Through the Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that's able to renew us and give us the strength that we need each day. Hey, the outward man, guess what? It's going to get old and it's going to fall apart and and things aren't going to go well with it. But he says the inward man can be renewed day by day. The inward man, there is a fresh strength every day that that is there for the inward man. Why? Because God's strength never runs out. His strength never runs out. It doesn't matter. You say, man, I used up a lot of his strength yesterday. Guess what? He's still got more for you tomorrow. He's still got enough for you today. And not just for you, but every single Christian that there ever is to be able to live for Christ. He says, hey, I've got enough strength for you. It, you need to be renewed day by day. You need to go to me. You need to come to me and say, God, I need you. And isn't really that most of our problem? We don't think we need him. We don't think we need him. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Thank God for that. Amen. Don't have any question about that, preacher. I know, man, I know there's a time in my life when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Praise God. No, I'm saved. So I don't really need God now, do I? Don't you? Isn't it amazing how many Christians try to go through life without Christ and they can never understand why their lives are so miserable? miserable not saying nothing's going right oh man they might have a good job and they might have some nice possessions and they might have a nice bank account but inside they're just miserable they're just miserable why because they're they've said i don't i don't need god i'll just do it my way i'll live the way i want to live and he says hey every day that strength is there God's strength is enough. If we'll just go to him, he said, it's going to be there. And this is what he says, that we should be renewed inwardly, right? Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Watch verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, again, I don't don't think that Paul is trying to be uh, humorous here, but I think he's 
trying to prove a point. I know we all say, man I, I, man, I go through suffering and I go through difficulties, maybe some financial things and problems and job problems and, you know, car problems and all this kind of stuff. But I wonder how many of us, if we were to take all that we went through and then we were to take all that Paul went through and compare them, I think most of us, I could, I'm, I'm pretty sure probably 99.99999% of us would be able to say, you know what, <laughs> what Paul went through is a little bit more difficult than what I've ever gone through. I, again, I don't know, I, please don't raise your hand, okay? <laughs> I don't know who's been in jail. Hopefully, if you were in jail, you know, again, Paul was in jail because he was preaching the gospel. I don't know that there's anybody in here this morning that's been in jail for preaching the gospel. Paul was, was, was beaten with rods. He, he had a cat of nine tails beaten with them. In the same way that Jesus was beaten with a cat of nine tails. Paul did that too, multiple times. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails. Multiple times he was beaten with rods. Multiple times he was in prison. He even says, basically, when I, had, when I slept, I had to sleep with one eye open because my life was in such danger from those that hated me and even my own countrymen and, and religious leaders. I, I was in such danger, I couldn't even get a good night's rest because I always had to sleep with one eye open in fear that someone was going to try to kill me. I don't think any of us have gone through anything like that. And what did he just say? Our light affliction. Now, if Paul can go through all of that and say all of that is light affliction, I don't think we really have an excuse. But why was he able to say all of this that he went through was simply light affliction? Watch. Because before Paul was able to be what God wanted him to be, he had to see the way God wanted him to see. And here's what he says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul is looking spiritual. He's not looking at the physical. He's looking at the spiritual aspect of it. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul said, hey, I understand. If I'm going to be what God wants me to be, I have to see it the way God wants me to see it. And it's not just about living life to the fullest and enjoying it and just doing whatever I want. No, Paul said, it's about serving Jesus Christ and allowing him to give me the the purpose and the plan of whatever he wants me to be. He said, all that I've gone through, and I, I don't think that when Paul was being beat with a cat of nine tails, He was singing, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I don't think that when he was in stocks and, uh, you know, he was just, man, I can't wait for the next time this happens. I don't think so. Look, he had a physical body just like us. He hurt just like us. But he wasn't looking like us. He was looking the way God says to look. He was looking spiritually instead of physical. 
And so many times, we just can't see the way God wants us to see. Because we're so focused on everything else. We're so focused on my life. We're so focused on my plans. We're so focused on my dreams and what I want out of this life that we're never willing to see what God wants us to see. And because of that, we're never able to be what God wants us to be. Paul says, I'm praying that he would grant you this strength. I'm praying that you would recognize and understand. Again, as he's going through this, Paul says, look, I, I, don't, don't, be afraid, don't be worried about my tribulations. He says, wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you. He says, don't be upset that I'm going through tribulation. He said, it's okay. It's all right if I have to be persecuted. It's okay if I have to go to jail. It's okay if I have to be beaten. It's okay for me to have to sleep with one eye open. If that's what it takes for more people to come to know Jesus as their Savior, it's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about me. God's got enough strength for me, and he's got enough strength for you. What would happen what would happen if Christians would just simply say like Paul, God, I just want to see the way you want me to see. I want, you, I want to see eternal. I want to see the spiritual. I don't want to focus on the physical. I don't want to focus on me and my plans and what I want. God, I want to focus on you and what you want. I want to focus on what you have for me. I wonder what could happen. If we would just simply say, God, let me see the way you want me to see. I don't think it'd be hard to be what he wants us to be. He says, I'm praying. He says, I'm praying that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory. It's sufficient. His strength is enough for every one of us. It's never going to run dry to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Are we willing to be strengthened with his might? Because let's, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest this morning. If I'm not willing to be strengthened with his might, then the rest of what he grants really doesn't mean anything. If I'm not willing to be strengthened with what with his might to be what he wants me to be, then what's the point of the rest of it? What's the point of the rest of it? This is what he's going to show us. What's the point of, of Christ dwelling in your hearts by faith? What's the point of knowing the love of Christ? What's the point of being filled with all the fullness of God? What's the point of being able to comprehend the breadth and height and length and depth? What's the point of all that if I'm not willing to say, God, I need to see the way you want me to see? So I can be what you want me to be. And God, I need your strength on a daily basis. If I'm not willing to go to him and say, God, I need your strength. What's the point of the rest of it? See, that's where we're stuck. We're stuck right here. Because we have a decision to make. Right here is the decision. Not next week message. Not the week after. No, right here. This is the decision right here. Will I be strengthened with his might, with his strength, by his spirit? Will I go to him and say, God, I need you to be what you want me to be?
Or are we just going to keep going through life saying, no, I'll just do it on my own. I'll just be what I want to be. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. We have a decision to make. Will we be strengthened with his might, by his spirit, or are we just going to keep going the way that we've always been going? I wonder with her heads bowed and her eyes closed this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If we cannot see what God wants us to see, we cannot be what God wants us to be. Friend, you have a decision to make this morning. Will you be strengthened with His might, by His Spirit? Not a physical strength. No, this is, this is that inner man strength. This is not just digging deep down inside saying, I can do this. No, no, no. It's saying, I can't do this. And I need God's strength to be able to be what He wants me to be. Are we just going to keep going through life miserable? Depressed, discouraged, down. We have a choice. We don't have to be that way. He says we can be renewed day by day. That inner man can be renewed day by day. God's strength is enough every single day. Every moment we can go to him and say, God, I need your strength, and it's going to be there. if we'll see the way he wants us to see. I wonder this morning, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart. Maybe I'm not seeing the way God wants me to see. Maybe I'm not being what God wants me to be. I've been consumed with my plans and my desires and my dreams and everything that I want that I haven't really been focusing on what God wants. I've not allowed God to Help me to see that it's all about eternity. It's about spiritual things, not just about physical. He said, Pastor, God spoke to my heart about something. I know I need to make a decision. He's spoken to my heart about something. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up, put it right back down? Pastor, pray for me. I know God spoke to my heart. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. I need to make a decision. Am I going to see the way God wants me to see, to be what God wants me to be? Friend, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You're not sure if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died where I would go. But I would like to know how I could be saved. I would like to know how I could go to heaven when I die. You say, Pastor, that's, that's me. Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. But I would like to pray for you this morning as well. If you say, Pastor, that's me, would you just slip your hand up and put it right down, just like some of the others did a moment ago? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Just slip your hand right up and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. You can put it down. Someone else, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Yes, God bless you. Friend, in just a moment, we're going to have what we call an invitation. During that invitation, some may come and pray at the altar. 
But if you're here today and you're not sure if you're saved and you would like to know how to be saved, if you truly would, you want to know how to be saved, how to know that your home is in heaven with Jesus Christ, when that music begins to play, would you just step out? I'll meet you right down here in front. If you're a lady, I'll have a lady talk with you. If you're a man, I'll have a man talk with you. And they'll show you from the word of God how you can know for sure that you can be saved. You can have that relationship with Jesus. Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, help us to to see the way you want us to see. It's not about the physical. Lord, it's spiritual. It's eternal. We would be what you want us to be. Father, bless in the invitation now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The piano is just going to play softly. If God's spoken to your heart and you need to come, you can come and pray right now, right there in your seat. If you raised your hand, you said, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. And you'd like to know how to be saved, how to have that personal relationship with Jesus. Would you just step out right now? Just step out. Come, I'll meet you right down here.